SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. 16 after 11 o'clock, Africa Unlocked. Today we're looking at those UN killings that took place in the DRC. Of course, um, I think the way I'm saying it might be a bit ambiguous because it doesn't quite say who killed who. But of course, uh, there's the unfortunate incident where you have um, the peacekeeping mission MONUSCO um, in the DRC that um, fired on civilians, leading to uh, a couple of deaths there. You can imagine Um, the outrage that this has caused because often these peacekeeping missions are not the ones that are responsible for some of the violence. We'll understand exactly what happened uh, in in this particular instance. Nixon Katembu is the African Affairs Analyst and Language Specialist at Channel Africa Kiswahili Desk. Nixon, good morning. Always a pleasure. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to SFM listeners. Um, So embarrassing indeed. Um, uh, I was looking at you and the language and the kind of body language that you're expressing in 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 reading your intro uh, in terms of uh, peacekeeping operations. And yeah, that is what it is for the DRC people and uh, for the continent at large. And uh, we need to rethink uh, what is what is it that the peacekeeping operations do in uh, that particular country. It's interesting because it, it seems that the MONUSCO-led operation is leading to quite a number of tensions that are brewing in the DRC. Why is that the case? And perhaps if we can also go back and take a look at why this mission was deployed in the first place. Well, you would recall that the DRC got into chaos in 1996 uh, that led to the toppling of dictator uh, Mobutu Seseko on uh, May uh, 17th, 1997 and take up the the take up of power by Lauren Kabila who was supported by Uganda and Rwanda uh, uh, under the FDL to to, to, uh, get rid of Mobutu. So uh, in uh, on August in 1998, <coughs> the uh, uh, Kabila asked the, the Rwandan forces and Ugandan forces to return back home, but instead uh, they they were not happy. Uh, uh, they regrouped the other rebels and uh, um, uh, uh, those who were uh, uh, part of the uh, uh, rebellions and uh, went and formed um, a new rebellion under the RCD. Um, uh, uh, RCD rebellion, uh, which was led by then the late Professor Wamba Diawamba, the likes of uh, Artir Zaidi Ngoma, the likes of uh, Bizima Karaha, and the likes of uh, Moise Nyarugavo, and many other uh, politicians within the Congolese um, uh, um, uh, political uh, uh, system, uh, but this because uh, Kabila had uh, uh, acceded uh, uh, to SADC, uh, Congo has just become a member of SADC. You recall that it drew in uh, several countries, including uh, um, uh, Zimbabwe, uh, Namibia, um, uh, and uh, and uh, and Angola at the time, 
um, uh, acting on a SADC protocol which says that an attack to one member is an attack to all. So this led to the SADC intervention. But the country at the time got split in almost two in all and a half the, the rebellion taking uh, uh, one of the half of the east and uh, uh, the Congolese central uh, government taking um, um, uh, the other half had it not been for the intervention of Osadek uh, and particularly the Angolan and uh, Zimbabweans as well as Namibian forces, uh, Kabila would have gotten rid of at the time. And uh, during that time, uh, under negotiations after talk, uh, the Lusaka 1, Lusaka 2, uh, the Pretoria Accord, the Sun City and so on, um, the, there was a proposal uh, from the United Nations to have emissions there and uh, and uh, I, I remember quite a number of luminaries within the Congoli um, uh, the Tanzanian army, the likes of Kano, uh, uh, Kano retired Kano uh, Kat, um, Isaac Katanda, who, who was part of the four uh, UN uh, luminaries uh, from the army point of view, setting up Monuk. Uh, uh, Monuk, which was a mission for the stabil stabilization of the Congo, uh, which later became Monusco. Uh, I'm giving this background history so that you understand where the UN mis peacekeeping missions come from. So it has been there, to cut a long story short, it has been there since 1999, and you count those are almost 22 years mm -hmm. in a country. Under the sole purpose on the mandate of the Chapter 6, of the United Nations, which is about uh, stabilization and bringing about peace. But the question is, has peace been brought to the Congo? Uh, there has been uh, numerous reports produced by the very same United Nations under its UN experts' reports on the atrocity that were committed in the Congo, uh, that uh, uh, the famous uh, mapping report that was produced in 2010 uh, detailing uh, the atrocities. And unfortunately also the UN has been fingered in those uh, uh, commission of atrocity against civilians, namely uh, the rape uh, mm. Uh, uh, try to recall that uh, some of the peacekeepers from this very country, South Africa, were recalled from the DRC having participated in, in, a, in a rape of women. I, I'm saying this so that we understand the holistic of where the anger of the Congolese citizens come from. Now, uh, the current situation, though, to just to jump quickly, the current situation is 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 informed uh, by the lack of peace, the recurrent of insurgency, uh, namely the M23 and other rebel groups that are killing civilians under the watch of Monusco. Mm. Mostly uh, these uh, are killings that happen about two kilometers away from Monusco camp, either one kilometers away from Monusco camp or in without Monisco's intervention. And, and, and that's really where the frustration from um, the communities in the DRC is coming from. They're saying, we are under attack. We are under siege from these different individuals, rebel groups, as um, you may describe them. But you're not doing anything as MONUSCO to protect us from these groups. And that is part of the reason why you are here. 
Uh, certainly, and uh, out of those frustration and anger is when then we first saw the first protest uh, uh, early this year, uh, which were quelled by the government uh, uh, to try to speak to to different uh, local uh, people and the civilians and civil society organizations. Uh, one would have uh, thought that then Monisco will draw a plan in acting on the, on the, uh, the, 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 the discontent of civilians in trying to making sure they bring about peace, but they didn't do that. You um, would see that uh, actually the killings emerges most of the time when there is a, 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 a time towards the renewal of the mandate of the United Nations. Mm. That mandate is always renewed between November and December. But if you have monitored the issue of the DRC, you would see that killing will start around July, September, uh, August, September, and October. So, so when you're so, talking about killings, are you talking about uh, the attacks from these armed rebel groups? Yes. Uh, the severity of those attacks mm. accelerates towards the renewal of the mandate of the United Nations. And uh, this is an observation that I've made. I have uh, made uh, quite a considerable research and try to uh, 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 contact the civil society organization within the area who are telling me that, no, the, actually, uh, this could be a work of the United Nations itself and you're trying to justify the result that, uh, in that particular uh, country. And always... Reports are presented to the United Nations Security Council saying no, a number of civilians are being killed, uh, they, they are new flare up, therefore it's too early to withdraw the, the missions there. Uh, and one wonder why. Because but, but, but what interest would the United Nations have in maintaining a presence in the DRC <laughs> if I am to follow... Um, you know, a part of of, 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 of of the argument that you're making, Nixon? Yeah, if you are to follow the part of the argument, the argument is simple. Is that UN, in my own view and analysis, has become a business for the DRC. This is a, a, a peacekeeping operation that gets $1.5 billion. According to the UN estimate, in its own admission, they say it's $1 billion, but real estimates and the real figures point to 1.5 billion dollars a year from from the united nations and uh, partly that is going to be paid by the congolese state because the un <laughs> it depend on contributions uh, and those contributions you look at major countries like the united states england france and and china and so on both of which who have an interest in the mineral resources of the drc and if you look at the the, the 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 calculations around aids it's normally the, the, the people are not aware of this concept of a tide aid tide aid means the technical expertise that brought into a country to oversee un operations are given to the companies and um, um, uh, experts from the very country that are giving donor funds. In other words, 
you provide aid but you are retaining part of it mm. the other 75 uh, 50% goes to the staff and the majority of those staff are not even congolese themselves it's just a few of staff members that so you have that money that is being uh, used up by the UN and rotated within member country by experts and uh, you know experts on this uh, sociologists the police and so on in other words it's not helping the congo this is a work that is being done within the un but actually much of its fund that is quote unquote supposed to be assisting the the drc is going back to the donor countries through the means that i've just outlined and that's one point the second aspect though, is the richness of the drc once the un get into the drc they have a little control the DRC have little control on what is happening within the UN system because they have signed an agreement that here you have let you to go in. So you have a two parallel structure within the Congolese security cluster system. One which led by MONUSCO, 21,000 almost UN force in the country operating its own system there then you have the congolese state with its security apparatus con operating towards the same goal quote unquote securing civilians okay well the recent tensions then m i wonder if that is going to lead to a different outcome in as far as the renewal of the stay of MONUSCO in the DRC because we've recently now seen that government asking, number one, that the spokesperson for MONUSCO be booted out. Is that a first signal of uh, what else may lie ahead? We'll continue the conversation with Nixon Katembu. He's um, uh, Africa, he's with the African Affairs Desk, the Africa uh, Kiswahili Desk that is at Channel Africa. For now, it's 11.30. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. All right, we continue the conversation, Africa Unlocked. We're focusing on what is happening in the DRC, especially the latest uh, killings that have taken place at the hands of the peacekeeping mission forces. That is MONUSCO that is in that country. So Nixon providing a bit of context and also setting out an argument, at least that he believes is a part of the reason why uh, the UN is not necessarily in a rush uh, to get out of Congo. So let's then come to this incident that involved the peacekeeping mission, members of, of that mission who opened fire on civilians, of course, um, leading to the death of uh, some of those civilians. Nixon? Yes, uh, this happened um, after the the protest, protest was staged uh, at the beginning of last week on Monday uh, when uh, people felt that the government is not acting enough, the UN is not acting enough in terms of protecting the civilians. Uh, and you'd recall that uh, there has been several accusations uh, from the UN 
um, uh, uh, that they are supporting various rebel uh, groups in terms of providing them with ammunition and terms of providing. And, and the, the incident really was sparked by the mere fact that there were some uh, <laughs> UN commanders mm -hmm. uh, in the Ruchuru area which were caught red-handed uh, handing ammunition to uh, some, some of the rebel groups in the area. Uh, that has not been said in even in the public platform and the media platform uh, across the world. Instead, they, what we saw that no, the people are protesting against uh, uh, UN MONUSCO, but they did not go to the reason why they, <laughs> the, the, the protest started in the first place. That, that is the, the point that actually brought, broke the cameras back. So, what happened is the people evade the UN compound say, no, we thought that you are protecting us, but some of your people have been caught doing this. So what are you doing? And the UN said, no, you, but we, we're doing the, the necessary work for you and so on. People were, were having none of it. And this is not the first time the, these issues are coming to the fore. In 2014, April 2014, two Ukrainian soldiers were caught distributing um, uh, militias of Kodeko in uh, Ituri province with Congolese new um, uniforms. This is a UN force caught on a camera distributing <laughs> rebel groups mm. to uh, the Congolese national uniform. And once the Congolese government were confused that every time they go confronted the rebel, they find them with the new ammunition, with the new uniform from the Congolese state, but they wonder who is providing them. Similar cases are not <laughs> often spoken and brought in the in a, in a, in a public um, uh, discourse uh, about issues of what the UN is doing in the Congo. There are several cases where the UN... Uh, uh, um, vehicles who have been uh, caught on camera, footages and photos of, of which are in my possession. By the way, uh, if anyone wants to dispute that, I can provide the evidence of what is happening on the ground and give the, 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 the evidentiary proof through video and photos <laughs> to, to show uh, how, the, how to the extent at which these issues have been uh, brewing over the years in angering the local population. So, so. So, so Nixon, what do you think that is a function of, especially when you look at how long this force under various configurations has been in, in the DRC? Because that in and of itself can be a problem, right? That there is um, a familiarity um, with the local issues, the different players, that perhaps opens the door for some level of corruption. No, obviously, that's the problem. Uh, earlier, in, uh, before we went to the news, I said that there are two parallel chain of command, one from the UN and one from the DRC government. One would think that if they are to secure the DRC, MONISCO have to work in hand to have a single command, a single command, command and control, of troops, both the UN and the Congolese forces, in dealing with armed forces. But that does not happen. Now, if you have uh, this parallel command, either one of the other command are not 
talking to each other in restoring what is the mandate of the they are both working on which is in this case re restoring and making sure that they get rid of uh, armed forces but instead what we see is the multiplication of armed forces uh, armed rebellion rather so that is a challenge the second challenge is though is on a human uh, people to people uh, relation how the UN forces themselves and the UN personnel relate with the Congolese people. They have been looked down upon. In, uh, in March, on the 11th of March 2016, in fact, the UN Security Council itself, not my own words, published a, a report, a resolution saying that they are deeply concerned about a serious and conti continuous allegations and under reporting mm. of cases evolving UN militaries, including cooperation with, with militia groups, including sex harassment of civilians, including even uh, arms trafficking, including um, uh, uh, as well as trafficking in, 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 in natural resources of the DRC. These are UN reports, not my reports. But when so we read this about this, we, you wonder what is the UN doing there? The other aspect, <laughs> uh, the Washington Post on, uh, on uh, February 2016 uh, uh, by journalist Kevin Sieff produced a, 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 an article which details about the sexual violations uh, that, that, that are done by the UN peacekeeping force. And the report is titled Peace, Peacekeeping Baby, Peacekeepers Babies. Mm. Now, now one, and, one. And, and it kind of tells you everything so, you need to know. So it tells you what is happening. Mm -hmm. Rapes of women, forced uh, uh, marriages uh, by, the, by, by the peacekeeping force and some left reeling. So you have a traumatized nation, a traumatized local populations which feel helpless under the UN peacekeeping missions uh, court and court, they are assisting them to, to, to restore peace, but hell us, they have become part of the problem. And this is the reason why the people and the latest uh, event is now a culmination of what have been brewing over the years. And what is interesting and very disturbing, though, is the UN forces itself killing 36 civilians, 36, Kathy. 36. And these are people who are supposed to protect the people. Right? The second incident is the UN itself violating the DRC's sovereignty. They go on the border at Kasindi in a, on a bridge called Luviriha. If you've ever been to the DRC in the border of, of, of Uganda, there is a river called Luviriha, which separates Uganda and, uh, and the DRC. On the other side, you have uh, um, uh, customs uh, in, on the Ugandan side. And on the other side, you have a Kasindi border post in uh, a town called Luviriha. They go there. They just come. They... Instead of following the normal uh, immigration process, they just force their way on the border post. And when the police start trying and immigration start asking them wha what is the issue, they start shooting. Three people killed on the spot. That is the UN. All right. On top of that, 15 people are injured. In other words, they shot 
indiscriminately against the, the civilian populations. Mm. Let's so, talk now, Nixon, about what then the likely responses from the DRC based on what has been, as you've been describing, cumulative incidences over the years um, where there has been incredibly bad behavior on the part of those that are part of these um, peacekeeping missions? I think the response of the DRC is coming out clearly. And uh, I take this uh, from the statement issued by the uh, communication uh, uh, minister Patrick Muyaya uh, who is the government spokesperson saying that they are going to re-engage the MONUSCO and they they would see a situation where MONUSCO withdraw is rather sooner than planned because they had planned to withdraw for the past uh, um, for uh, in 2024 uh, I would mention that when they came under pressure uh, during the waning years of former president uh, Joseph Kabila, uh, they withdraw from different uh, provinces uh, such as the Kasai. Uh, remember the Kamuna Sapu um, uh, events, uh, I mean uh, insecurity that happened in the central Kasai. But once the, the UN withdraw from, from that zone, Kamuna Sapu is non-existent and there have never been issues of... Um, um, uh, insecurity in, in in the greater Kasai region uh, and that happened to at the backdrop of the killing of uh, uh, two UN uh, uh, group of experts uh, mm. um, uh, uh, Michael Sharp and Zaida Catalan uh, I'm not being sensitive to their family but they, I think their killing became a catalyst in trying to ending the violence there since then and since the UN withdrew from that part there has never been incidents of violence it begs the question, why? Mm. Why after with the withdrawal of the UN? Now, where the year is in the South Kivu province, in the North Kivu province, and the Ituri province. And you would see it's where there have been happening a lot of proliferation of arms. And where there have been happening an emergence of over plus 150 uh, uh, armed group. And the question, who is funding them? We know for the fact that there are uh, foreign uh, uh, rebel groups are acting actively there. They are uh, interested from uh, neighboring countries who are also supporting some of the these militia groups to siphon uh, resources of the DRC out of the country, including now the UN in itself uh, participating in this kind of uh, behavior that uh, seeks to, to actually uh, to the image of the DRC. So uh, one need to look holistically and I, uh, this is my my assumption and my point of view to, 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 to these discussions that the UN should go back and sit and evaluate its own presence in the DRC Cathy, mm. and make sure that what have been the success what have been our failure and if so, for the past 22 years, what is it different that we are going to do that will restore peace and security in the DRC and make sure that armed groups are eradicated? All right. One of the other uh, last point, though, is to see that the DRC state is allowed to form its institutions, its images. The UN has been the DRC 
Theoretically, it has been the DRC since 1965, 64 rather, since the first rebellion. Up until today, the UN has never left in the DRC, theoretically so. So these are the questions that people need to begin to think and talking about in the open. All right, Nixon, I've got a couple of WhatsApp voice notes. We're going to do those very quickly and then wrap up this segment of Africa Unlocked. As you can tell, Nixon is very passionate about what is happening in the DRC. I totally agree with Nixon Katebu. And all I can say as a Congolese as well is the MONESCO must go because they are favoriting the, 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 the killing and the stealing of minerals from Congo going to Rwanda and the other neighbor country in the east of Congo. We see they are there in the DRC to, 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 to make peace in the DRC. Why are they busy crossing the border? They cross today, they cross, they crossing to Uganda, crossing to Rwanda, going there daily, every day. What are they doing there? They are transporting minerals and we know all the, the operation as it works. So they must just go, pack and go, leave. Good morning, Kathy. This is Sanjay Maraja. What this gentleman is describing is a classic example of what we call an economic hitman, where colonization is done through aid and they still maintain a puppet government and still take all the wealth from these so-called third world countries which have all the minerals and resources and everything goes back to the West. So you still remain enslaved until you open your mind and stop taking aid and decide to you're on your own future this won't that you will never be economically free good morning my name is vincent uh, i just want to find out from nixon there these rebel groups uh, what do they really want do they want to govern themselves or is it a matter of mineral resources because i've been really following the matters of drc for so long but yeah i just want to know what do they really want thank you for those whatsapp uh, voice notes and the contributions to the conversation nixon very briefly for me well uh, i i would have to to respond to the latter questions which the, mm. the rebel groups most of them do not have a serious claim on a security on on a, on a state most of these are ragtag uh, rebel groups that are formed a particular interest however what is interesting about rebel those rebel groups some are formed in response to what is happening in the country as a self-defense mechanism. Take, for instance, the Mai Mai uh, group. Uh, take, for instance, the, the Kodeko. Some of these, uh, and even the, 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 the Tuiru Aneho, for, for example, in, in, in South Kivu, these are formed as a response of what is a lack of insecurity and uh, and the lack of protection of the civilians. So people just decide that no, we're going to form ourselves. But what is interesting is so that the supplies of ammunition either is connected to government and military officials in neighboring countries or in or within the United Nations system peacekeeping force in the country or with some government officials within the Congolese armed forces. So many yeah. different interested players. Yes. That is one. The second aspect, though, is around the issue of uh, the UN itself. 
the question is they talk about if you follow Dijard de la Croix's um, uh, 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 note, he said that they are going to leave the DRC until the last village is secured. The question is, what did you do in the past 22 years that you are going to do different in the few uh, months to making sure that the country is secured? And the question is, there we, we need to be able to look at monistically, holistically, look at the government. But my parting shot is that the government of the DRC should create its own institutions, allow the country to thrive. Otherwise, it is not going to be good for the United Nations to be in the DRC forever. Or what we will see is the fragmentation of the DRC and leading up to even the disintegration of the DRC as we know it. It has happened in Indonesia where we saw East Timor uh, uh, getting independence so caught and caught from Indonesia uh, under the UN watch. And we don't want this to happen in the DRC. One thing that I know that unites the people of the DRC is around the issue of sense of nationhood. Nixon, Nixon, bye-bye, bye-bye. Thank you for having me, <laughs> Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I can get rid of him. Otherwise, it'll be... Aldrin will have to come on air and he'll find us still in this conversation. Always a pleasure, Nixon Katembu there.